Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, madam of a secret society, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and remove the mask. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, you exceptional entrepreneur and woman. It's Lauren White here, and in today's solo episode, we're talking about the secrets of being sober-ish. You heard that right. Mostly, mostly, mostly sober with a little bit of ish, a little margin of, ooh, every once in a while I can partake. (laughs) I want to talk about alcohol use because it is so prevalent, particularly where I live in Australia. There is no escaping memes about Mums having wine to cope with their kids and entrepreneurs having wine to cope with their day and people mentioning it in Facebook posts and people using alcohol to celebrate and people using alcohol to feel when they feel sad, when they're grieving, when they're depressed. It's just there is alcohol for everything and it's actually recommended in a joking, jovial kind of way as the salve for so many things that we struggle with as humans in life. Now, I'm not here to poo-poo alcohol use or make you feel judged or shamed if you choose to partake in a drop or two of alcohol. I myself have come from a pretty long background of drinking, drinking heavily, drinking more in a binge-style pattern than drinking every single day. The binge style as well was a well-worn part of my history in that I'd be a good girl, quote unquote, and save it all up, save my celebration up, and then pour it all out in one evening of expression and hitting it hard and feeling liberated and uninhibited and all of the other things that I felt alcohol provided me with. And after moving through that pattern for a long, long time, I started to look in the mirror and no joke, it would get to about day 13 after the last time I drank. I'd look in the mirror and I'd said to myself, you look so clear, Lauren, you look so clear. And that night I would drink. It was like something in my brain made me think, oh, you're doing really well. You can't be too well. There's That's unfamiliar. Let me pull you back down to where you belong. Let me pull you back to your comfort zone. And those moments were pivotal and I took note of them even though I didn't change my behavior straight away. And that part's important to note. You'll be If you feel like you're considering giving up or changing your relationship with alcohol, you too will be having moments of 
revelation of seeing yourself in another light. And that seeing yourself in another light can be when you're sober, when your skin clears up, when your mood feels better, or it could be you seeing yourself in the mirror when you are blind drunk. It could be you seeing yourself in the mirror when you are really hung over and feeling completely worse for wear and detached from your power. And on the note of power, one of the messages that I got about drinking was that whenever I drank, I drank my power down. I drank my power down and I would start to say to myself or hear the whispers of, don't drink your power down. I even made a little graphic out of it that I put on social media a number of years ago. Don't drink your power down. It was curious how I would drink to access a different form of power inside of me that didn't feel like it could be expressed in my day-to-day life. But what alcohol would actually do is let me access it really quickly for a brief moment of time, very, very brief moment of time, and then it was like it would just rip it away from me all again. It was just like I would feel powerful after first, second drink. I would feel, whoa, there's this part of me. Oh, I forgot about this part of me. I forgot about this aspect of my identity. And then a few more drinks later, it would just all be dampened, and I could never drink enough to reclaim that initial surge of energy and power that I felt in the beginning. And if you've had that experience, I want you to know that I feel you. You're not alone, as I say again and again and again. Now that you know that that is something that you're experiencing with alcohol and that you get that you you get that dopamine release, you get that feel-good neurotransmitter release with alcohol. That's part of what it does. And I want you to now step back into your power and really consider the cost of getting that very brief window of false liberation or drug-induced liberation. What is the cost of it? And there might not be any cost for you and you might want to – it might be completely safe for you to keep imbibing in drinking and – you know, partaking and enjoying yourself. If you're feeling like you're questioning or you're wondering what's on the other side, I would have a good sit with that question about what is the cost of you accessing that brief window of yourself? Because it's my belief that if you can access that part of yourself after one or two drinks, you can access that part of yourself without drinks. Anything that is inside of you is inside of you. You don't need uh, an external permission grantor to say, come out, come out and play. All you need to do is to start to coax those parts of yourself out and to start to become more playful and more curious about what happens when you stretch beyond operating in the exact same way day in, day out throughout your life and not stretching yourself to be a bit more vulnerable, be a bit more playful, be a bit more carefree with how you move your body, be a bit more talkative. All the things that you are under the influence are already inside of you. It's about finding the key or being the key, I should say, that unlocks all of that. That's what I have found on the other side of not drinking. 
And what informed my decision around not drinking was I was just done. I had a, I actually ended it on a really good note. I had a wonderful time having sparkling with my best friend in the world. And it was enough to make me to disturb my sleep that night because I'm really sensitive. The older I get, the more sensitive I am, the more my nervous system feels on edge and disrupted by drinking. And I woke up the next day and my girls were with us and we went out to an art shop, an art supply shop. And what has the power to be a really enjoyable sensory experience, I felt was blocked by the fact that I was still recovering from the night before. I was so dehydrated. I was headachey. I was tired. I was all the blah. And I was just putting on a front, having coffee, just trying to regain equilibrium. That's what a hangover is. It's your body's way of regaining equilibrium again after your brain chemistry and electrical currents have been disrupted by a neurotoxin. That's a hangover is alcohol withdrawals and your body is just trying to go, how do I get this out of me so I can get back to normal? And I was trying to expedite that process. I was trying to speed it up by just playing normal and I felt really shit about it. I just went that I'm done. I am done. This has the power to be such a beautiful day. And it's not a hundred percent a beautiful day because inside I feel crap. And I pledged to myself that I'd be alcohol free for a year. And I started a journal. I started a sobriety journal so that I could stay accountable. I know that when I write something down or I say something, or if I write and say something, I have a much better probability of follow through and doing what I say I'm going to do. And chances are you work the same way as well. And studies have proven it. If you write down a goal, you're something like 65% more likely to actually achieve that goal simply by writing it down rather than it staying in your head and it not really going anywhere and you not having an anchor in place to start to put the action in. I'm going to read a little bit to you from my sobriety journal in November 2019. There needs to be a space and place for reminders and accountability, a place to chronicle how all of this plays out and why the loop needs to be intercepted. This is where I remind myself of my deep devotion to clarity and power and how in a matter of minutes I fuck that up and it drains away. I then need to spend several days recalibrating and calling it back. This is time and energy wasted. I'll never get off the depletion bandwagon for as long as I keep myself tethered to it. Moments of fun and false liberation keep me held back in my place, an old place I no longer want to inhabit. It really fucking scares me to solidify this with a journal. I've made so many attempts to not make it tangible or truly accountable. I've wanted sobriety light. Even writing this, I'm thinking no one will know but me. But that's the thing. I'll know, and that counts for more than anything. It won't impact anyone else's life in any way but mine. They won't be affected. In the moment, they may feel like I'm not connecting with them or belonging, but that isn't true. 
I actually do want to connect so much with intense authenticity and complete candidness. I just realized that if that if I had too many last night, I wouldn't be writing right now. I'd be tired, grumpy, have a headache, and no amount of nutrients in the world would reset me. If I'd have drunk last night, I wouldn't be having this moment right now, and that would be a very sad thing. Reading, writing, expressing are my elements, and I dampen all that down for what? I get that brief taste in my mouth and desire. There's so much there that was moving through me and so many revelations that were coming through about the gap between what I said I wanted to embody, what I said I wanted to be and who I wanted to be and the behavior of drinking. I felt that gap intensify and get deeper and I looked in the mirror and I thought, I'm going to close that gap. There is no point in me constantly trying to leapfrog over that gap and get to where I want to be if I keep engaging in the behavior that's keeping me away from it. I wanted permanent, ongoing, long-term access to my power, and I knew that I needed to give that one thing up. How the rest of that year of sobriety played out is – I didn't drink anything through Christmas, through New Year's, through social situations. I always had alternative drinks. I used to make, I got really familiar with all the non-alcoholic drinks out there, even though I was more of a binge kind of style drinker. I just made sure that I was equipped. And what ended up happening was Eddie incidentally came along for the ride as well, for the most part. And He wasn't a big drinker in the first place anyway, as someone who's a bit older and wiser at times than me. And it was really, uh, it really held me in that accountability. Not that he would ever hold me to it, but just knowing that someone else in my household knew and would not drink in front of me time and time again was really empowering and it made me feel really supported. And I went through the year without drinking and really engaged with my work and, you know, through the challenges of 2020. And then it got to August. So I was coming up to that 10 month mark and we went away with a group of friends and I admittedly wasn't that well that weekend. I was in the throes of low iron and Epstein-Barr virus and some thyroid issues. So my energy wasn't high and I thought I'll just have one. And I literally just had one drink of alcohol on the first night and one drink of alcohol on the second night and consciously decided to have it with food. The first one, the first night I drank was a bit disappointed. It was a bit like, meh, the wine's not that great. I'm not really missing out on anything. The second night, the wine tasted better. It was a different one. I enjoyed it. I felt just a slight, slight twang of feeling a little bit more open. And then I stopped again. That was it. I just had literally had one drink. I didn't binge. And I just said to myself, if I decide to have one drink every now and again, I trust myself enough now that I've done 10 months that it will be one drink, that it won't be me drinking to get drunk. And that felt really 
solid. It made me feel really, really anchored into my own identity. It was like, I trust. I trust that I will never binge drink again to get drunk or to chase sensations. And over the end of 2020, I had one or two drinks here or there. I had one night where I think I had two or probably three alcoholic drinks, standard drinks, and was on day two of my cycle and spent, felt tired the next day. And I just went, nope, not again, not going to do it. If I ever choose to do it, I'm going to keep my cycle in mind. I'm always going to eat. There are these parameters that I've put in place for myself so that I don't have any, or I minimize any effects that happen if I choose to drink. And it got to Christmas time and I didn't drink anything then. And some friends came over one night, they bought some sparkling and part of my brain was like, I've always had drinks with these friends. I'm going to have drinks tonight. It's been a really weird Christmas. We haven't um, been able to connect connect with family in the way that we would like. I'll indulge. And I made the grave error of already noticing that I felt a bit vulnerable and drinking and that night could not sleep, had a massive dark night of the soul, which is in another episode, and just went, don't do it, do not do it, it's just not worth it. And that dark night of the soul had a lot to reveal to me that I wasn't aware of or wasn't in my consciousness. And for that, great. It brought up some some growth and it encouraged some action. It just wasn't worth it. It really cost me in my energy and in my mood and all yeah, every sense of the word cost. And now I'm back. Now I'm back, not drinking, not needing to drink, feeling very supported by my treatment for depression and knowing that when you, when I drink, when I'm on medication, it's like it doesn't really work. It doesn't work because the problem that I would go to drink for is already being taken care of by medication. I hope that makes sense. It's like, those receptors are being looked after. They don't need anything. They're supported on a daily basis ongoing. And that gives me a buffer and that gives me more motivation. There's no perfect way to play with sobriety. It is your own, it is your own experience. And it's very personal and it's something that you need to do for yourself. You can talk to other people about it. In fact, I encourage you to. No one can step in and say, you should do this. After being a drug and alcohol nurse for so many years, when someone steps in and says, you should do this, it can create that real sense of rebellion. Like no one's going to tell me what to do and actually exacerbate the substance use. Wonderful that people care for you. It's just that that isn't normally the main motivation for people 
giving up or changing their substance use. It has to come from within. So I would encourage you to think about what are the feelings that you want to feel and does drinking or feel free to substitute with any other drug out there. Does drinking give you that feeling? Does it feel authentic? Does it feel tangible? Does it feel genuine? And whether and I already know the answers to this, you can access that through other things in life. You can access that by being a little bit bolder, a little bit more brazen with your personality and not needing to ingest something or inject or inhale or whatever it is to get that feeling, to have that permission granted. Yeah. Have really, really sit with that one. I feel like I witness women who are internally incredibly powerful and just not know what to do with that power and they drink it down and they dance on tabletops to let it all out when you could be dancing in the light of day every day of your life and feel if not better than just as good as dancing on tabletops in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, let's bring all of that wild woman inside to light. You are powerful. Use your body to show yourself how powerful you are. Don't just sit there putting something into your body and giving it the green light for you to be powerful. That's my really big tip. That was my experience. Yours might be different. Yours will have subtleties, nuances that are different, and you'll have a different backstory to me and reasons as to why you drink. If there's any crossover, feel into it. Feel into it. I believe in your power. Uh, You are not alone in feeling so powerful that it freaks you out or it causes you to contract. Play with the power. Express it move into expansion, and who knows what you'll be capable of when you say goodbye to an enabler, when you say goodbye to something that's, yes, very pleasurable, but if you depend on it to be a certain way, that feels a little bit unhealthy. I'm all for pleasure, by the way. I'm all for pleasure. Where I'm not for pleasure is if it's really costing you in accessing other forms of pleasure and genuine sensory experiences that can turn you on. That's where it becomes problematic to me. Yeah, I believe in you. If you're struggling with alcohol, you are not alone. There are so many supports out there. Wherever you are, there will be a national or state hotline that you can contact to get started on your sobriety journey. If you've ever had problems with withdrawal, there are treatment services available or you can go to your GP and find out more information. If you are someone who is drinking similar to me though, and you're not in any danger if you suddenly stop alcohol, then I encourage you to explore what it's like when you stop and you start to say no and you bring in other drinks that bring you pleasure and you go out there and you find out more about yourself and what helps you to access those feelings that you feel when you drink. There may be a few, you know, maybe a bit of room, leave a bit of room for error for not everything to be amazing. That's okay. Just experiment. 
and explore and find out more about yourself and show yourself how powerful you are. This is all about you. Show yourself how powerful you are. And now I want to crack into Frozen 2, show yourself. (laughs) Um, But I mean it. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about the secrets of being sober-ish. I would love it if you could share this episode with your friends on social media. You can tag me on Instagram and that way more women can access information that has the power for them to start to know more about their own secrets. And if you never want to miss a whisper of the podcast, then make sure you press subscribe. (music) 